Hi, I'm Tim Ferguson. Welcome to Made Possible. Five stories of Australians inspiring change for people with disabilities and our communities. In Australia, there are roughly 569,000 people in creative and cultural jobs. Of that, 9% have a disability. Now, I'm not going to bore you with the math, but that's a significant number who have to deal with the barriers associated with negative attitudes and low expectations about people with disability. And if the artists suffer, we all suffer. So what can we do? Well, the answer is really quite simple. Diversity and inclusion are essential drivers of creativity and the quality of work. Imagine a world without art, stories, language, fantasy. Okay, okay, stop, stop. Oh, it's a horrible thought, isn't it? Well, thankfully, we have artists and talented people that create all the time, and I'm heading in to meet one. It was on a jury night as I beheld the accomplishments of my toils. With an anxiety and almost amount of agony, I have collected the instruments of life around me that I might spark into the lifeless being that lay at my feet. It was already one o'clock in the morning. The rain pitted dismally against the panes, and my candle was nearly burnt out when, by the glimmer of the half-extinguished light, I saw the dull yellow eye of the creature opened. It breathed hard and the whole set of emotions agitated its limbs. That's Greg Sindel. He's a horror fan and can reel off the opening to the novel Frankenstein, which he just did. He's also keen on the story of Dracula, but before the horror, there was, and still is, fantasy and superheroes and action. Okay, everybody, can we have a bit of silence, please, for the um, recording, please? Thanks, Greg. Greg is a graphic artist. He paints with bright colours and reimagines familiar characters, Dracula, Moby Dick, in graphic novels which he writes and illustrates. He's published eight graphic novels so far, one of them, Frankenstein. There was this touch of pathos with regards to the monster, and, you know, he was to be pitied, and he didn't actually be brought forth into the world, and there he was because of his appearance, which was not his doing, and no matter where he was and what he did, people were frightened of him. Dr. Victor Frankenstein or his creation of Frankenstein Monster or whoever they like in other stories to see if they can get in touch with them and get to empathise and be a part of them as if they were almost as real as you or me. On Fridays, you'll find Greg sitting in a light-filled room at Studio A in Crow's Nest. It's busy, it can be very noisy at times, and Greg's always at a table, drawing, writing, painting. Greg works with his mentor, Lee Lagosi who inspired him to explore new directions with his artwork. I'd read Frankenstein and Dracula before, and Moby Dick was one of my favourite books, so it was a real pleasure to be able to work with Greg on that particular project, which we made an animation of that and did a live performance at a book fair a couple of years ago. My mentor, Leela Gosey, came from Tasmania since 2012 when I was 24 and he got me the reason why I should do comic books instead of one page writing the other drawings. Uh, yes, and we've worked on a variety of publishing and animation projects. Uh, <laughs> if it wasn't for him, then I wouldn't have known how to do my comic books properly. 
if I were forced to only do the same old, same old writing on one page and drawings on the other, that wouldn't make much sense though, now would it? Yep, it was Greg's mentor Lee who encouraged Greg to start writing and illustrating graphic novels based upon his stories of Dracula and Frankenstein. So I, I suppose the relationship is one where I help Greg to develop his work and come up with suggestions for ways that he could uh, make the drawings more consistent and the artwork more easy to scan in for, for publication. We did some animation shorts with some painstaking but funny cartoon characters, just like that. I've always enjoyed horror films, but the genre of horror comics was not something that I was particularly interested in. But when we started working together, I got into that and we looked at some old horror comics from the 50s to sort of get a sense of the style and the tone and the colour schemes that they used in that. And that helped, I think, to inform some of Greg's work. And the horror comics of the 50s got me inspired were Tales from the Crypt, The Fault of Horror, and The Witch's Cauldron, which was very clever back in those days. Uh, how they were creepy and funny at the same time. They were scary, but they were also mainly about black comedy and moral lessons to teach a person. There's often a sort of a moral lesson at the end of, of your horror stories, isn't there? Yes, and as you can see, in case you don't know, um, fantasy films like Robert Hood, uh, Labyrinth, Dark Crystal and Lord of the Rings got, got me inspired now to do a fairy tale series called The Guardians Inheritance. And I call my world the Sindelverse, where monsters are real, so superheroes and fantasy stuff. As long as there was also some action and comedy would save the day. Greg visits Studio A once a week. It's a space where artists with disabilities like autism are supported in their work, whether it's sculpture, dance, drawing or painting. Uh, yes, well, I usually paint with garage and water painting. Normal paint is good, but the water makes it flow a bit more easier. I first met Greg in a small studio. So, would you be able to say action when you're ready? Yes, it works for those filmmakers, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So whenever you're ready, Greg, you say action and we'll get into it. Okay, just... Sometimes the water helps me with my speaking, though. Oh, yeah. Now I know how Dracula feels when he's first deep for blood. And action. I've seen a lot of your work, and it's great. Some of it's macabre, some of it's very funny, some of it's spooky. What about superheroes? If you were a superhero, which one do you think you'd be? Well, it's quite hard to say, but if I had abilities of my own, I would like to have freezing cold properties to make the world like an eternal winter because I never like summer that much. And also if there's a power outage because of damn storms, I would use electricity to restore the power and get the storms to go away and let the rain just pour peacefully and calmly like that. I like that. And so have you written a superhero story? Yes. It was inspired from Spider-Man, but mainly of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers known as Mutation Warriors. Wow. Uh, when I was a kid, I did a Thor comic of my own, and uh, the story was very simple. Just Thor turned up and smashed a lot of things. I was only like eight years old, and that was all that Thor did, and at the end, everything was smashed, and it was like, Hail Thor! And everybody said, Hail Thor! So your story sounds a lot 
has a lot more detail than mine did. Oh, well, well, my, every story must start somewhere, especially from a, a child, after all. You do all sorts of graphic novels and paintings, pictures and stories with horror elements. Dracula and Frankenstein get involved. What is it that you really like about working in horror? What I like about it is not just the creepy and macabre, even though I am into creepy and macabre things, but the idea for Dracula I like is you must drink blood to survive or your own blood cells would wither and die, which I think is quite sad because they're somewhat sad beings, not just evil. But unlike Dracula, who was so evil, the Frankenstein monster was a sympathetic character. You know, he was to be pitied and he didn't actually brought forth into the world. And there he was because of his appearance, which was not his doing. And no matter where he was and what he did, people were frightened of him. And so if you had to pick a favourite between Dracula and Frankenstein in terms of a subject you'd like in your stories, which one would you choose? Well, when I first did Dracula, I thought he was a very good, simple one. But then Frankenstein, for me, was the obvious next choice to draw the story about. Do you feel a sort of an affinity with Frankenstein, more on a human level, that people have a stronger feeling of him as a good guy or as a savable character? Well, I think he's mainly neutral because even though he tried to do good things, but when people kept on driving him away because of his appearance and he blamed his creator, his father, Dr. Victor Frankenstein, for abandoning him in fright. I think the monster learned the errors of his ways and vowed never to return again, which I think is a sad yet emotional complicating story for him. There's a lot of sadness in Frankenstein, isn't there? I mean, people say it's a horror idea, but it really does sound like a sad story at the heart. Uh, Yes, because the old saying is like, we're not saying we condone their actions, but we can't help feeling sorry for these horror movie or superhero movie bad guys due to the tragic natures of their own backstories. Um, When did you first start drawing, Greg? I can't say what age I am to be precise, but I do know I was a little boy and my love for arts and drawings and story writing began when I was just a little kid in the 1990s. So tell me, Studio A, um, who are they? What do they do? Well, I first went to Studio A in 2002 when I was 14 in Hornsby. They help people with disabilities, in other words, autism, with their art and craft skills, which I think was a good success at the time, but I didn't know the laws of their place at the time. I was a little naive and so ahead of myself, but eventually as I got older and a bit more mature, I finally understood that... I was doing some silly things, but then eventually I was doing right things most of the time, and I guess I was still liked by people there too. So what do people say about your work? Well, they reckon it was very good of me to do things in my different way, depending on how much I like to do and how much I don't want to do it, just depending on how I'm the mood I mean but sometimes it's just a very difficult moment when you had to be a true visionary of art. And do you focus usually on one idea until it's finished or can you have a few ideas on the go? Sometimes I think of one idea at a time for both stories and sometimes I have time to do both. It just depends on your writer's block and depends on what do you like doing most. And so um, as far as you go, how would you describe your disability and 
Um, how can you describe it to the people who are listening now? I Sometimes at home, I describe my autism a bit of a problem because I can't always think straight as normal people can. But the rest of the time, I think it helps me with my stories and art. Without it, then I wouldn't have this unique ability or gift, I guess. So... It's actually uh, it's a benefit to you in terms of being an artist and a creator of graphic novels. You must feel as though you too have superhero powers. That's right. Wow, that's great to hear. And of course it is that ability to think in different ways that means that you can surprise your readers, surprise an audience with what you're writing. Are there times when you surprise yourself? Yes, and it even makes my heart jump been like a jumping popcorn, I think. Your mum and dad, Sharon and Peter, are here with us today. Um, do they support your work? Yes, and sometimes I ask for opinions and changes of my characters and looks, and they help me to do it so. So um, sometimes they can give you critical advice. That's right. To see if I'm right, to see if I'm wrong. It depends on how far my idea would go, I suppose. And are you open to that kind of advice? Most of the time I do. It's always good to hear what other people think. You've got a huge future. Things are happening and more things are going to happen. How do you see your future, Greg? I just hope my future can be a good, brighter and happy one as it did for that Marvel Comics legend Stan Lee, of course. And so how did you feel when you found out that your first um, graphic novel was going to be published? You must have been thrilled to have the support of the local community. I was so happy. And at Asheville this year, when they had my books in the library to be borrowed or something like that, I was like, yay, finally get my name into the history books as it did Dracula's, Bram Stoker, Mary Shelley's, Frankenstein, like that. Do you think uh, Mary Shelley... Um, is kind of the godmother of modern horror. I think so, and so are other other horror novels as well. I guess she was just trying to put in a moral lesson: what happens when men would dare to emulate God or something just like that. And do you think that you are a great, 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 great grandson of the inventor of horror? If I had a, a future relative descended from now, that would be a, a great honor and. Pr- and a pleasure to have one, though. Keep those stories and pictures coming. Greg Sindel. It's no problem too many time. Cut. <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> okay, everybody, that's a wrap. <laughs> the creator of Sindelverse, Greg Sindel. And that is the final episode of Made Possible. Want more? Well, all five episodes are available right now on your favorite podcast app. So please rate, review, subscribe, and share these incredible voices. Thanks to producers Sarah Marshman and Martin Peralta. My name is Tim Ferguson, or to pronounce it the German way, Tim Ferguson. Made Possible is an eardrum production for Uniting, delivering the NDIS in your community. For more information about the NDIS, visit ndis.gov.au or give those lovely people a call on 1-800-800-110. Thanks for listening.